ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Can Do Podcast. Today, it's my complete honor to welcome in one of my best friends in the whole world. I can't think of anyone who embodies the Can Do spirit more than my man, Mark Strohmeyer. Mark, thanks for coming on today, buddy. My pleasure, AB. Thanks for having me. Listen, man, it's so great. And guys, I'm so excited to dive into Mark's story. He has been such a mentor to me, such a great friend, a true inspiration, a true leader. He's got the best attitude in the world. He's, he's always, you know, I, I always like to say he's, 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 he's the rebel side of Adam. You know, I'm always the nicest guy in the world. And Mark's got this nice guy appearance, but inside he's a bulldog. And I'm just, you know, we, we met in college at Arizona State uh, back in 95. I was a freshman. Mark had just transferred in after, you know, uh, rehabbing from his injury. And we'll get into that in a minute. And literally, uh, without being cliche-ish or too lovey-dovey, we're right around the court, you know, just uh, Valentine's Day passed. It really was love at first sight for me. And so, uh, Mark, I just, I can't thank you enough for your friendship. You've, you've taught me so much over the years, and it's just awesome to have you on, man. And, and I can't wait to get in your story. I want you to tell, for the, those that don't know you, t- tell everybody a little bit about yourself and, you know, how, how we got to meet. Yeah. Um, well, you were the first official person I met. So uh, I, you're actually my mentor as well. So you and I play off each other very well. It's a win-win relationship that we got. I like that, that, that I'm maybe the, uh, the bulls, bulldog side of your personality. That's true, Adam. Um, and maybe even worse than that, maybe like a, uh, maybe a shark side. Anyways, uh, about me, I was a young man. I was uh, living in Central California, and I was an athlete. I was playing football. And um, one, t- one day um, by, during my junior year, coming home from football practice with my buddy, we got blindsided by a car that ran a stop sign and um, my buddy didn't make it. And I ended up breaking my neck at the C4 level and uh, changed my world overnight. Not overnight, within the blink of an eye. And, um, and that was a long time ago. So I, you know, I went to rehab for a while and um, went back to high school, finished up my senior year. And then I moved, and that was in Central California, Fresno area. And then I moved to the Bay Area. Didn't know what I wanted to do. Started just um, taking two classes a semester at community college for a couple years. And then my younger brother was very fortunate enough to get a football scholarship to Arizona State University. And he came to Tempe and um, played here for two years. I came out and visited one time, fell in love with it, came back home, said, I'm going back there next year once I polish up on some classes, get my grades back up. And I did. I came over in the spring semester of 95. So you guys were halfway through your first year. And I was the new guy on the, on the floor at the dorm and um, blessed enough to be your neighbor. And we shared a wall so I could, uh, we could yell at each other all night if we needed something or encouragement. And um, it's been a 20, what, five year relationship, 26, actually. Yeah, 26 years, man. Um, 
Amazing. And, and, I mean, you and I just from the get go just hit it off, and it was it's been nonstop ever since. And I'm I'm really proud of you. I'm proud of Keto Crisp. I'm proud of, proud to be on Can Do podcast, and it's great. Well, man, I'm really really proud of you. Like we talk about all the time, we don't spend a lot of time talking about our disability because we're always of the opinion, you know what? Fuck it. If you have time to feel sorry for myself or for you, then you got time to better yourself. But for the audience listening out there, I want you to talk about, you know, one day you had everything. You had, you know, the ability to play sports. You had the ability to walk, get up and down. I've never had that. You know, I've always been in the chair and it's not to say what's better or for worse. I don't look at it like that. Tell me how you were able to function. I mean, it's, it's completely devastating. And what you've done with your life and, you know, taking the bulls by the horn, it's incredibly inspiring, not only to me, of course, but to so many other people. How did you do it, Goose? And I'll well, tell, tell you where we, we come up with the nickname Goose, because yeah. Mark has a passion for sharks, and he is a shark. And, uh, you know, one day we're just throwing around names and it came to Goose, Shark, Goose, I don't know. So, no, I think I think it went like this. I think it was, um, from what I remember, I mean, we have different memories, of course, and kill a lot of brain cells between now and then. But uh, I think it was DJ used to call me Marcus because that was back, remember, two live crew, and they had Marcus, my brother, my, my brother Marcus was one right. of the rappers. So I, I was Marcus for a while, and then just got shortened to Goose. Yeah. So it was just Goose or Goose Rock. So, right. um, and, and that you're the only one that calls me that. So it's a very affectionate is very appropriate and it makes me smile every time i hear it um the question uh, oh how did i adjust um you know you know you and i have spent a lot of time together and a lot of that time we we have not debated but have um discussed what is the benefit is it better to be born this way or to have had you know 16 years of of the ability to move um and we both have our own opinions on that. So what happened to me, I am, I consider myself thankful that, that I did at least have 16 years to, to um, do some things that, that you have never done, which is, you know, not that I'm limited in, but, you know, I got to do some things. I got to participate in some things and uh, hurt myself in ways that, that you haven't or, or whatever. And I had some hobbies and I was very physically active. Um, and when it happened to me, it's, it's very interesting. We're talking about this now. My mom kept a journal starting the day after I got injured in this little black book. And um, first she, she kept it to just keep track of the people that came by so that she can say, hey, Mark, you know, so-and-so came by or whatever. And, and it morphed into this, a journal where people would write things in there. And for a long time, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't clear if I was gonna survive or not. So they were very heartfelt messages. And about a week ago, I started remembering, I, I remembered I had these journals and, um, and I busted them out just, just the other day and started reading them. And um, man, really brought back a lot of memories, not good memories, but memories that, that have told me how far I have come. And I'll tell you that, um, to the moment leading up to meeting you, I hadn't probably quite accepted everything that had happened to me. 
And that was seven years after my injury. Um, so quite frankly, it didn't happen overnight. It was a long, slow process. And, you know, uh, a lot of times there were two steps forward, three steps back kind of thing. Um, but once I got to Arizona State, found my tribe, found my crew, um, immersed myself in a place where I really wanted to live, uh, you know, the things we did, the, uh, the, the football team we were all part of, we were rooting for, and a basketball team, Arizona State was, I couldn't think of a better place to go for all of us at that time, back in 97, um, when I graduated. You graduated in 97 too, right? Uh, 98, actually. 98, and okay, I so. Bring, one of the coolest things that, that I, and, and I'm gonna, one of the coolest things was, I, I, we, we connect on a lot of different levels, but the first time I thought was really cool. And I really, I don't know if you remember, but I ordered food and like I, you had ordered a cheeseburger and you had tried to rest it on your arm and you finally got it. And we were so excited that you were able to eat this cheeseburger all by yourself. I will never forget that day as long as I live. Can you believe No, man. I mean, that was, that was my biggest uh, trepidation from moving out of my parents' house to going to college. It was, how am I going to feed myself? Um, <laughs> a, a lot of times I, re, I relied um, without really uh, testing myself. I just relied on my parents maybe sometimes feeding me things or cutting my food up for me and putting it in a special bowl and, and all these things. I, I remember just practicing with those stupid 59 cent cheeseburgers from McDonald's. I dropped quite a few of them, but yes, we finally got it. And I got, I got the system down and um, I was able to feed myself and put on a lot of weight. It's just those little things that we remember. And it's, it's about pushing yourself out of your comfort zone every day. And that's how you get better. And that's what the whole can do spirit is about, you know, talking about what you can do and not what you can't. And, and, you know, again, you, you really embody that spirit every day. Um, for you, what has been the most challenging part of this unique experience that you're now in 30 plus years into it? You know, um, it, it never ends. That's, that's one part of it is it just never ends. The learning process, trials and errors, mistakes I made. Um, I, just, I just had a a procedure done in September that um, did some things to my intestines. Um, actually, I think, didn't you, didn't Noah have a, um, a bag on his stomach for a minute? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you guys understand the full uh, ramifications of that. And there's a learning process. There's, there's some, it's new for me. And so I'm still learning it. Actually taking advantage of this pandemic time um, has been actually, I don't want to use the wrong words because I know a lot of people are suffering. A lot of people are, um, their lives are turned upside down or, or their, their lives are over because of it. Um, I've been able to thankfully turn this time into something productive. I think that's one of my gifts. I've been able to um, see the silver lining in things and, and as well as you. I mean, we're both, I think people would generally categorize us as, as, um, positive people for the most part we've got our days you know what i mean but um the hardest thing is is just a, it never ends man um whether it's caregivers whether it's 
health issues, secondary health issues. In my case, I can't feel 80% of my body, so I'll get wounds or I'll get um, constipated or I'll get uh, UTI, urinary, urinary tract infection, or, you know, there's many things that, that can happen when you're a quadriplegic. So, um, you know, those things, uh, mechanical issues, if our chair breaks down, we're screwed. So it's, it's just a constant, um, it's a marathon, man. It's a constant marathon. And I think the hardest thing, at least originally for me, was, you know, again, I was an able-bodied person. And I had seen, there, there was a couple dudes on, uh, in wheelchairs on campus at my high school. Um, I didn't know well, but I'd see them here and there. And, and, and I remember in my head, my, my little stupid 16-year-old head, thinking, oh, what a bummer, man. Those guys can't ride a skateboard or ride a motorcycle or, you know, uh, play football or run or swim. And, and that was the depth of my knowledge. And then overnight, I am thrust. Now, I, I didn't know what happened to me for a few weeks. It took me a while to um, come to the realization of what, what really happened and and where my life was going after I got injured. Um, but the, what, what really opened up my eyes was, hey man, if not walking was my biggest issue, it'd be a piece of cake. But there's all these other factors you gotta consider, such as hiring and firing and managing caregivers. You and I had great time in college sharing some caregivers who worked for both of us. And that was awesome because sometimes I would need a little extra help and, You'd have someone that needed a little extra work and we'd share and we'd never, you know, basically never got stranded. Um, and, and we had some really fun times with some of our caregivers. And, um, and then we got some, you know, nightmare stories as well, which is fun to laugh, laugh about now. But, uh, you know, it's just that that's probably the biggest takeaway is, is when you have a, a, a serious disability like you and I, where it's very visible um, and, and very physical. It, it never ends, never goes away. It's every morning we wake up, man, we got to start over and do it again. Right. Well, one of the things that, that I admire about you and I'm fortunate in my life is to, to look at the silver lining and things and how appreciative we are for even the littlest of things. And that that's really in life a wonderful gift that I'm so grateful for and why I'm so into people is because we are surrounded and we need people in our life to just help us do the littlest things like putting our shoes and socks on and I'm just drawn to people and fascinated by how people feel how they think how I can make them feel better how I can add some joy to their life and, and you know talk to me about your relationships now with people versus when you were able I think that's really important to cover because we depend on people now more than ever and you have a great gift of being able to communicate to people so well and connect as do I. And I want you to share your thoughts on that, that topic. Um, yeah, that's a great question. I think my relationship with people um, has changed in one way I know for sure is, well, it, it may not be with other people so much. Um, I don't know if I'm answering this question correctly, but. Just what say I, whatever you, whatever. Yeah, you no, what, like, I, what, what I've found is, is, um, man, don't take things for granted. Don't take anything for granted. Right now I'm looking at my computer and my eyes work and my ears work and I can hear you. I'm not deaf or blind. Um, 
I can breathe. I'm not. What? Um, I can breathe. I I actually, for my first, I don't know, two months of my injury, I was on a ventilator. So I couldn't even breathe. The machine was breathing for me. So the fact I can breathe and, and sometimes I take, still take that for granted. Um, so being able to, uh, you know, geez, you and I would do anything to have a day where we could go, you know, do something fun, dunk a basketball or swim or kick somebody in the balls or whatever we want to do. Um, you know, it, and we would do it. We'd have a great time. But when you're doing, you know, you're doing, when it becomes norm, it's easy to take things for granted. And I would just it's stress that to people that, that are able-bodied, people that aren't able-bodied or, or they got one disability that's different than somebody else. You know, we all wish we could, you, you know, you see a blind person walking around, you're like, oh man, what would it, that would be really tough to deal with. And then, you know, I'm thankful for my eyes. I can see beautiful things and girls and cars and, and art and all that sort of things. And then people who can't hear, can't hear great music or a game or, or talk like you and I are talking right now. Um, so there's always something that you can be um, grateful for and don't take anything for granted. The other part of that is, um, gosh, this word just popped in my head and it disappeared. Um, oh, there is always someone worse off than you. Um, I remember when I first, when I was in, in rehab and I was in this big rehab center and there was four, they had four of us in one room and we we're all quadriplegics and it was all, you know, we're all mangled up in some way. Um, some of us on ventilators, some not. And one day, actually there was only three of us in a room, but there was an empty bed next to me and they had these curtains were basically our walls. And um, this one night they wheeled this, this dude in and I didn't see him, I was trying to fall asleep. And this dude moaned and groaned all night. Uh, and he was just, uh, drove me nuts, I was pissed. I actually never met the dude and I was, I hated him. And I, cause I didn't get my sleep. And I was just like, God, what kind of jerk would come in and just moan all night long? So I was getting up the next morning. My nurse was getting me prepared for physical therapy or whatever it was. And the curtains weren't closed all the way. There was about a two foot gap. And they, they wheeled this guy by who, again, I hadn't seen. Um, I just heard all night. And they rolled this dude by. And it was like a, uh, man, it was like a barbecued, like someone got barbecued. And I was like stunned. And it, and it just shut me up. I immediately felt like a dick because I was just, you know, thinking in my head what a jerk this guy was and just like, whoa. And this guy rolls by and I was like, wait a second. What would, you know, asking the nurse, like, what, what was that all about? And I go, oh, that guy got burned like 90% of his body. And I was just like, oh my God, no wonder he's in pain. And then when the nurse said this, I was floored. The nurse goes, yeah. And now they're taking him to a, a tub to give them an alcohol, alcohol scrub. They got to scrub all the dead skin off them every day with alcohol. So I don't know. I don't know the whole process. That's how they got to keep the, they got to let their skin heal. But this guy, I mean, he must've been in severe pain. They probably had him in a near coma, but he was still enough to be like, I mean, I, I bet you he doesn't remember those moments, but they had to scrub his skin off. And I was like, Woo, I thought I had it hard. You know, I thought I had a bad, I was struggling. And that just 
put things in perspective. And, and sometimes, I mean, that's not good. I don't wish that on anybody, but, but sometimes it puts things in perspective and you look at your, you look in the mirror and you're like, you know what, this ain't so bad. Exactly right. And it's all again about attitude and surrounding yourself with people. I, I want to ask you this, you know, before your injury, you were, you know, a star football player and your brother, you know, you, you, you were very close with your brother and, you know, he went on to do big things in college and NFL and, you know, my brother's my hero and, you know, being able to watch him play sports, I always felt like he was playing for the two of us. And I always say, you know, thank God he's a good athlete. What's it, what was it like for you instantaneously becoming now from in the game to a spectator? How do, you know, um, I've always been people's biggest cheerleaders and I, I'm so grateful to be able to do that, you know, to watch people. And I'm, I'm just generally like people are everything to me. You, you, you know that if you know anything about me, Nobody loves people more than, than anybody. Oh, man, Nobody's you're the, a yeah, bigger fan of anyone than me. Most social about, dude I know. <laughs> so go ahead and talk about, like, you know, from being in the game, so to speak. And I know we're switching gears, but but I, I wanted to get your get your uh, thoughts on that and just how cool that is to, you know, to watch your brother succeed at those levels and, you know, how fun it was to be a part of. I know it was an incredible, incredible thing for me. And I still can't even believe it to this day. You know, going to uh, the Rose Bowl. Going to the Rose Bowl. Yeah. Um, that's a great question, buddy. Uh, so uh, I was going to be a spectator after I graduated high school. Let's just be honest. I, I was not the athlete that my brother was. Um, there's a weird, there's a weird um, mystical thing that, that we talk, he and I talk about. Like, you know, I, I completely lose the ability to even walk. And then this kid that, that is my younger brother, little punk brother, it has this amazing ability, his speed, his ability to um, make moves and catches. And for, for the team that was at the time was ranked number two in the country. So it, we, we, we kind of um, joke around, speculate, you know, that, that, that my giving up my ability to walk, he, he almost inherited that little bit of extra strength that, that maybe I had that, that allowed him to do what he did. So I was going to be a spectator. I wasn't going to be playing Division I college football, maybe maybe a community college if I was lucky and then see what happens there. But, uh, but Keith was very fortunate to, uh, man, he was good as a sophomore. So he, he vaulted and he was immediately recruited and, and, um, and got to go to Arizona State at the time was – you know, kind of a unknown school at the time. And, um, and then, you know, I, as I said, he played two years there before I came in. Um, actually he redshirted too. So he was there three years before I came in and, and we got, I got to see his junior and senior year. And, uh, those were the best, you know, senior year again, they, they, they beat Nebraska 19, nothing. And, and we ended up vaulting up to number two at the end of the year losing by the skin and skin of our chin to Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, one of the best Rose Bowls of all time at that time. Um, there's been some really good games since, but uh, it, it, and it was just so fun to, you know, to go to a spectator, it, it was tough. It was very, very tough. But like I said, I was gonna be having to do that eventually. Every football player is eventually gonna be a spectator. 
you know, even Tom Brady's going to have to retire sometime. So, uh, you know, to be able to go from a spectator to being able to spectate your brother, or if that's even a word, but um, to watch your brother, it, it really was a blast. I mean, once, once again, once I had my seven years of, of going through all of, all of the um, uh, different, different phases of, of uh, loss, anger, denial, um, bargaining, all these, there's, there's like five or seven, I can't remember, but it took me a long time. It took me seven years to fully accept what happened and to, to move out and, and to make new friends and, and to show myself that I'm capable of doing this and meeting people like you and us, the, the whole event of the whole week leading up to the game and, and, and we'd all go together and, and you and I had the seriously the best seats in the house. So really the spectator being in a wheelchair was ideal for us at that time. Things are a little different now, but we were on the field and um, you know, we almost got, we almost got trampled a couple of times because that year we actually rushed, rushed the field three times. And, yes. um, and that, you and that, I, like, I don't know, and I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to share the story. The crowd was coming at us guys. For those listening to the podcast thing, the crowd was coming at us. They literally, like people would move out of the way typically, but there were so many people in the crowd. So many people were coming. We couldn't get out of the way. In fact, there were so many people. They lifted our chairs off the ground. Like well, they, they, they tore the coal boats down. So then that was just like this train of people carrying this goalpost around the field. And, and I, I think I was a little bit a little away from you. Um, I didn't get knocked over nearly, or I didn't come as close to getting knocked over as you did. But I remember seeing a wall of people and Adam had his back to him and almost just got trampled. And it was very lucky that we did it. Um, but man, I wouldn't trade that for nothing. But that, that was scary and it was fun. And it was, you know, everybody was in a good mood. It wasn't like an angry crowd or anything like that. It was just so many people and two little dudes in a wheelchair. Um, it, it almost turned out bad, but that, that was a fun year. That was, that'll never, I mean, that's the best year of my life. Absolutely. It was incredible. We won every game. We covered every game. It was just fun. That's to right. Be That's right. And she covered every game. Every game for those of, for those of you that watch sports know that the gamblers we may or may not put a few bucks on a game here or there. They covered every game and it was just, it was a magical year. And that to me, not only being in college, but being around friends gave me a whole lot of confidence, not from the educational standpoint, from just the ability to know that I could live on my own and function on my own. Uh, you can't put into words the, the experience that one would get from being in college. And really the mindset was to just go for it. I don't know about you, Mark, but I always said to myself, I said, you know what? If it doesn't work out, you can always go home. But in life, you never know until you try. And you got to try. And that's one of the things that, that that has stuck with me. And I hope, and I know it's been passed on to you. And I'd like you to share, you know, some of your stories about, you know, never giving up and always trying, you know. Uh, you know, you, you, you fought the odds. I mean, again, we've talked about your injury you know, boom, and everything was taken away. And you could have easily closed up shop and said, listen, I don't want to do this anymore. This is bullshit. And you have every right to do it. But you said, you know what? I want to make a fucking impact. And you've done that. And, you know, 
you don't have time to feel sorry for yourself because being in the game of life is so much more exciting than being on the sidelines and giving up and just talk about that mentality. And obviously every day is not going to be easy, but you, you really created a great blueprint for yourself and a great blueprint for others that may be down and say, you know, what am I doing? How can I improve? You know, share some of your stories, that, that, you know, graduating from college, then going to work for a company and, and then talk, talk about your experience after college and every day, how you continue to push the envelope to, to really get out there and not let your disability run your life and said, you run your life. Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, you got some good questions, buddy. Um, I, it didn't happen overnight, man. There was a time I did, I, I stayed in bed. I was, I was suicidal. Um, I hated myself. I was waiting to die. I was, you know, and there's nothing anybody could have done. My parents did everything they wanted to do. I, I, I just, there is, you know, and there's ups and downs. And then there's times you, you make a new friend and, and, um, and that'll lift you up. So really, honestly, I was, I, I had been struggling literally up until the day I landed in Tempe, Arizona or Phoenix, I would say at the airport and being like, I'm here. And I didn't like you, just like you, I didn't know if I was going to make it. I remember, I remember Keith, you know, saying, Hey man, I've got to focus on football. I can't be your caregiver. I can't, you know, maybe there maybe times I can't help you when you need help. I was like, man, I got it. I got it. And, and I just, you know, had, the, I had the team of you guys around me. Um, we just I also while you were while you were asking that question um, reminded me of some things that that you and I have done specifically and and you and I spent a lot of time together. I also spent a lot of time watching your room was the was the uh, social room where everybody went. You had the video <laughs> games back in the day and there'd be you always had a way, um, especially DJ, you guys would come up with games where um, you know where after you guys came up with these rules of these games, it was a pretty even game. And there was, so there's a lot of young and streaming and talking shit and uh, video games. And, and I, I don't know how many um, controllers you guys smashed against the walls, but it was so fun to be over there and watching you guys compete. Um, whether it was a stupid basketball game, you and I invented that football game. There was a football yeah, game. Yeah, remember that we one where we had helmets on? We yeah. put helmets on like a bunch yeah. of assholes. And we ran into each other. <laughs> headbutted. Yeah, we headbutted each other with helmets. Um, and, but that other, there was another, like a football game we played in the parking lot where we were cutting each other off. I can't remember how we played it, but, you know, just always just doing stupid stuff and, and just constantly um, other things that you and I did where you and I were spending time together and you, one of us would drop something, your keys, and maybe your keys would fall onto your foot plate. And then I'd be like, oh, shit. All right, well, um, tip your chair back. Maybe if I do this, and we, there are some impossible things we did, bro. And we, we would do it. And you and I would celebrate like we just won the Super Bowl. And we yes. would yell, God damn it, we can't be stopped. We can't be stopped. And we just, oh, dude, that was so fun. Um, no, it's just, guys, listening out there, it's all about the mind and really, just wanting to get after it. There's no real secret sauce. And on this podcast, you're not going to hear any, like, just the stories within the stories motivate you to be better. Like, 
I always say, listen, I just wanted to be like everybody else, you know, and fit. You just fucking figure it out. There's no. Well, you just make it a game. Most yeah, are, just make life. That's all we do, exactly. dude. You make it a game. You make it fun. Let's fucking go, you know? We, ra- we go to Vegas. We race through the crowd and talk shit to each other. You can't drive as fast as me and and uh, running into stuff and hurting ourselves. And Dude, it was great, dude. We, we were a great team. And, and that group of people that we that we got to know and love and, and, and the group of people that were on that football team that were our second family. Um, you know, it was, it was an amazing time, dude. I wish, I wish we could go and relive it over. But um, so then after graduation, um, you know, joining the real world, I, uh, I ended up working for a home builder for a while, which was great. I graduated with a marketing degree and, um, and I loved it. It was a good job. It was a great job, but I didn't, it was, I wasn't passionate about it. And then not to get like super corny, but really what, what triggered my decision to go back to school was 9-11. Um, I thought about some of those people that were in that building that were probably not enjoying their job or they were just getting a paycheck or they even hated their job. Guarantee there was people that hated their job that were, that, that perished in that building. So it really made me, uh, reevaluate things and I was like would I be willing to die for this job no I mean it worked with great people made good money and it was it was a very good company but it, I had a deeper desire and it always in the back of my the voice in the back of my head even when I was trying to figure out my my uh, major in college was should I be a teacher and then I you know when you're in college it's like teachers don't make anything I don't want to be a teacher I want to get a business degree you know so um that's what I did. Pursued that at ASU. Did it. Earned it. Score. Um, I achieved my goal. That was one of my biggest accomplishments in my life is graduated from Arizona State. And, um, and then at that point, now I'm like, I can do anything, you know? So 9-11 occurs and I'm like, damn, you know, it shook everyone. It shook our whole country, obviously. And, um, and I said, you know what? I'm, I'm going to do what I love. What I what I've always wanted to do. I want to be a high school teacher and God forbid, I hope I would like to be a football coach and went back to school, earned my master's and um, landed at the high school in Arizona, in, in the state of Arizona called Chandler Hamilton. And um, it was the school to be the football coach at, at that time. Um, we won three state, cha- three state championships while I was there. Got a real good inside look at Cardinal Stadium. That's where they played the state championship. It was amazing. Sent some kids to the NFL. Worked with some amazing coaches. Um, traveled the country. I went to Miami. I went to Ohio. Um, and won a lot of games. And made some great relationships. And did that for about seven years. Um, before I, again, I think I ran myself into the ground a little bit too much over at Hamilton. Um uh, Football's year-round, man. There's no break. These kids are focused going to D1 schools. We got big colleges coming in, and it's it's a year-round sport essentially. Um, there's no off-season. There's a lot of working out, and um, and I think I just overdid it, and I had some secondary health health issues, and it, and it caused me to, to um, need to step away from that, and so uh, that sucked. But but man, again, I squeezed every drop out of that. Um, that I could and 
wouldn't change a thing, made some great people, great friends, and um, did a lot of winning of football there too. Keith and I coached at Hamilton over there at the same time. And that was, that was very special for both of us and um, got a couple championship rings and um, man, it's great. You know, and Mark, uh, you know, you, you're every day, you teach everybody that you meet with your attitude, with what you can do. What advice would you give somebody that, you know, has just had an injury or is going through a difficult time like everybody is in this pandemic? I know it's been a real challenging year for myself because I'm so into people and being out and then being kind of not stuck, but uh, here in California, the rules are a little bit more restrictive than maybe some other states. So I've found myself a lot of times, you know, indoors, and it's been a unique kind of challenging situation for myself. But what advice would you give somebody that may have an injury or is feeling or is feeling down or overwhelmed? And, you know, because you, you've answered the bell each and every time, whether it was obviously dealing with your injury, career changes, dealing with caregivers you come out smelling like roses and you mentioned before that not every day is easy. And I understand that, but what are some of the big lessons that you could, you know, being a teacher, uh, you could share with people listening today? Well, um, one is it, it, and it's easier said than done. And it's going to sound cliche, but you need to find a silver lining. Everything negative that happened to me, um, if I look back on it, and again, like I was mentioning the journal uh, that, that my mom had written down and, and people wrote notes in it. And, um, and I remember, I reflect on waking up, opening my, first thing I did when I opened my eyes, I would see a machine that was breathing for me. And that was the way I woke up. And that was the lowest of low. And we've all been to our a lowest point. So that, I think that's important to keep in perspective because man, that seems, it was a long time ago, but, but also it's just a different world away from me. Like I wake up now and I've got my dog next to me and look, I'm on the 12th floor of a beautiful building, looking out over the, the skyline of the city. And, um, you know, I've got my music on, the temperature is where I wanna be. I'm not in a hospital, that's, that's number one, I'm not in a hospital. So again, it's a bit of perspective. Um, perspective that I think is valuable whether it's, again, someone who just lost their job, someone who just got a divorce, someone lost a family member to COVID. You know what? It, you may not see it for even a few years, but there might be a silver lining to that. Every I, I think it's, and I don't mean to interrupt, I, I always put myself in somebody else's shoes and say, you know, how, how would they deal with it or how would you deal with it? And, you know, just, just be empathetic and be patient and, Oh, totally. You know, show, show love. Well, empathy is, empathy is something I think we all need to work on in this country. It's been a little bit difficult. There's a lot of, you know, uh, uh, a vote, a year of, of a president vote or election year. That's what they call it. Couldn't think of the word. Um, and, and that just was crazy. I'm so glad that's over. Um, but yeah, everybody, we all need help sometimes, man. Even, okay, even think of like, someone immensely successful, Tom Brady. Let's, let's just go with him. He's, he's pretty high up there, Nick Saban. Actually, know, let me it, ask you a question on that, yeah. but we'll get back to it. I, I got to ask you, Tom Brady or Michael Jordan? I know what my answer is. Well, I know who your answer is too. 
Um, <laughs> and for those I, that want to know, I'll tell you, it's Michael Jordan. Of course. I love, I love, love freaking Tom Brady. He is fucking the ultimate competitor, the ultimate leader, the ultimate winner. I mean, the guy is prepared beyond preparation. He's preparing preparation. <laughs> I, you know what? Um, well, there's someone that, that, that you, you didn't list there. And, and the one I would pick is a guy named Kelly Slater. He's a professional surfer. And he was both the youngest ever to win a championship and the oldest. And he can still shred. So I would put a, actually uh, Kelly Slater above Michael Jordan. But, you know, surfing is not the big sport like basketball or football is here. Um, the Tom Brady, Michael Jordan, uh, you know, it's apples and oranges, man. It doesn't matter. Who yeah. cares? I don't know what I'm talking about anyway, so who cares? Now I can say Nick Saban. Nick Saban is by far the best college uh, college coach ever. I mean, there's no, there's really no comparison. You can go with like, oh, who's better, uh, him or Belichick? I still probably put uh, Nick Saban for his consistency and what the amazing thing. And then he's got this year. He, they're saying this is his best recruiting class ever. It's like, ah, dude. So um, you know, there's and it's all cyclical. In ten years, there's gonna be some other young buck that's out there doing things like what, you know, LeBron James does. He's mentioned with Michael Jordan as well. So uh, it, it's all, it doesn't matter. I, I, I love sports and entertainment. These guys are fun to watch. I think it's amazing time that, um, uh, that, that we are living in right now that, I mean, you've seen Michael Jordan play live. Uh, I haven't seen him play live, but I've watched him play a lot. I've got to see Tom Brady play, Kelly Slater surf. Nick Saban coach. We're, we're, we're alive when the best of the best are doing their thing. And yes. it's amazing. And, and you know, um, it's hard to believe that there's going to be someone, that there could possibly someone, be someone down the road who could beat these guys' records. And, um, you know, there's auto racing guys. There's, there's a guy that races for him, one named Lewis Hamilton. He's unstoppable. He did some things that broke some records that people thought were impossible as well. So, um, we're seeing it all. It's, it's a very interesting time uh, to be alive, even though 2020 was a, was a dumpster fire. But, um, you know, again, that's, again, perspective, man. Going forward, I hope we can appreciate um, what we do eventually get um, back to as normal as possible. Um, and we can look back on 2020 and go like, whoo, what were the lessons there? And, and um, not all of them are going to be good or positive. But I, I think there's going to be silver linings and everything. And, and again, even if it brings us to perspective as, as far as like, you know, like I can't wait to go to a, a packed stadium again, if that even ever happens. But I think it will. Um, you know, it, you don't know what you got until it's gone, man. Right, exactly. And I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, Back up a little bit, Mark. I want I want the audience to see your T-shirt, and I want you to talk a little bit about that, Mark. Uh, one of the things that I admire about Mark is he's always he's always looking to improve, to better himself, but not necessarily himself, better others. Mark, talk as we wrap it up here a little bit, and we could go on for hours, and we'll have you on again. This is yeah, have me back on. Let's do round two someday. And we'll, we'll do it. Talk about your T-shirt because that's that's uh, fucking awesome what you're doing and and uh, just let the let the folks know it means 
more than just a, a gimp on a shirt. Uh, go ahead, Mark. Yeah, it is more than a gimp on a shirt. It's a badass on a shirt. This is Humphrey. He is the spokesman for USABLED. So again, this pandemic, this time I've had down um, with a lot of idle times on my hand, I decided to do something that I've been dabbling around for a long time. And Adam, you beat me to it with this podcast. Um, I want to do maybe tweak around with some podcasting type ideas. But um, first, I started a web page called USABLED. Um, and it's usabled.com. And it, it's very similar to the, I, I like your can do because my but, but, um, but you gotta you gotta tell the folks about the tagline because I love, oh yeah I love, that's love. that's what i was getting to so it's very similar to can do i mean it's basically the same just rearranged words a little bit and, and our my slogan is own your ability not disability so own your ability not disability adam and i definitely have a disability but there's so many things we can do my guys i, I wish we had cameras back when we were doing some of those ridiculous things we drop our keys or or something you have, you'd have your reacher and and between the reacher and me and you and and we'd come up with some like gymnastics basically to uh, perform a simple task and we could have called one of our friends into the room and pick up the keys for us but it was like a challenge we did so you own your ability not disability um the website is it, it, it's like wisdom tips and tricks for battling the bullshit and dominating your day. So it's it's mindset, it's uh, physical things you can do, whether it's breathing exercises. Um, uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's in its infancy, and it's just about spreading positiveness, positivity, very similar to what you're doing, man, with Can Do. Well, the, the, you know, I'm just so excited to have you on today, Goose. It was really just awesome to talk to you to get your perspective, to get your attitude, to get your energy, your passion. It's unmatched. Um, I, I'm lucky to call you one of my best friends in the entire world. I love you so, so much. I'm so proud of you each and every day for what you've done and what you will continue to do each and every day, kicking ass and taking names and yes, helping sir. people along the way. Because at the end of the day, we're all people just looking to have fun and just keep it simple, you know, just keep a smile on your face, keep picking each other up and, you know, have, having some fun. Life is all about having fun. Yeah. Um, I, and I, I think it's important for me to mention that um, this website that I, that I created, usable.com, it's really written um, to my, I, I, if nobody reads it but myself, that's fine. It's written to a theoretical younger version of myself that I wish I would have had um, some of these tips and tricks again some things that um products that work for us products that don't work for us things to avoid um and, and, and the, when i write it i i have a younger version of myself as the audience and and hopefully that resonates with other people yeah i mean for sure well because there's so many people unfortunately that you know that that have you know get injured every day and they're looking for guidance and looking for help and it just, I know for me, when somebody asked me questions, uh, like people, when I was a kid, they always used to say, well, does it bother you when they stare and look at you? And I say, no, not at all. Cause that means they fucking care. And they want to, they want to learn more. And, you know, you and I, I believe have very similar beliefs that things happen for a reason. 
as crazy and as messed up as it is in life. And we've all been through, you know, some challenges, you, you know, and, and things of that nature. But it's how you respond and how you react and how you can help people really make an impact. And, and you know, I'm so grateful to be in the position that I am today. And I know, uh, you know, I'm not putting words in your mouth. And I know you're very, very grateful and, you know, excited. For sure. For sure, man. Because um, I see... I see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think things are going to be better uh, as a country. And, and then you and I, I see things going forward. You're kicking ass with Keto Chris, this podcast. I've got goals in, uh, up ahead. And I mean, what's not to love, man? I'm looking forward to the days we can get back into the Sun Devil Stadium, root for yeah. the Devils, uh, whoever, whoever else you want to root for. I know you're, you're in the Los Angeles area. You go to Laker games and and I know you're very socially active and this has got to be rough for you, man. And, and so keep plugging along, buddy. You know, you can call me anytime and uh, we'll pick each other up like we always do. Yes, buddy. It's, it's been great. And like I said, I love you. And I, I, I'm so excited to have you on and, you know, look forward to doing it again. We've got so many stories to share. And Mark, before, as we wrap up, how do people get a hold of you? How do people follow you? They would go to usable.com um, on the internet, or if it's on Instagram, it's usable designs um, at usable designs. That's really it. I haven't, um, I, and, I, and I'm kind of in the background again. Humphrey is our uh, spokesman, and I kind of use him as my alter ego. I'm my, yep. uh, he's the voice that I speak through. I don't want it to be about Mark. I want it to be about um, a a about Humphrey and about about us, and um, so you know I'm taking uh, obviously someone. It's geared it's geared toward someone in a power wheelchair, whether they have CP or they're quadriplegic or amputee, whatever it is, you know. But I would really like I, I believe that it can, like your podcast, it can reach anybody with any ability or disability. Shit. Tom Brady can watch this and learn something from us and probably be like, I want to be like those guys. So yes, well, that's the goal. you know, it's been awesome to have you. I know I've said it three or four times already, but it's been great, man. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you soon, my man. Much love, love you, man. You. Keep it up. Keep up the good work. And, and um, I can't wait to be on again. All right, let's do it. I can't wait to be on your podcast. It's a challenge from me to you, my man. Someday, someday. Shit, we'll I'll, be on, I'll be on it tomorrow, I know. All right, well, I got to get, get working then. Let's do it, baby. All right, hey, man. man. I love you. I'm so proud of you. Thanks, everybody, for joining in. Have a great afternoon or whatever your day looks like. Remember, keep smiling, and let's fucking go. Ball out. See you. Peace.